if you read into the lives of shepherds, you know that they spend a lot of time alone. They spend a lot of time with animals and the sheep, and they protect the sheep when lions and bears come to attack. And so during those times, it's safe to assume that David probably spent a lot of time. We know he was a songwriter because he wrote most of Psalms. We can assume that he really developed that relationship with the Lord in those quiet times out in the field. And so I can also see David going, really, you're going to let someone talk about the Lord and his people that way? Like, are you serious? Come on, guys, stand up. So he's, he's going around, and he's like, all right, I, I, I just want to know. And while he's doing this, the guys all start talking without him, and somehow Saul hears about King Saul, hears about this little guy, this little boy, who's asking about what's going on. And so Saul's like, hmm, that's really interesting. Uh, why don't you send him? I'd, I'd like to talk to him. Um, so Saul sends for David, and David shows up. And David shows up and is like, hey, man, like, don't worry about it. I'll go fight the giant for you. And Saul, <laughs> I don't know, I have a very imaginative, like, picture in my mind. I can just see, da like, Saul would have a drink in his mouth and just, like, spit it out. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, you're a pipsqueak, you know? Can you imagine Saul is a grown man fighting with grown men? How many of you are 15? Where are some 15-year-olds? You guys are all pretty tall. But, like, seriously, can you imagine, like, all the, like, big, burly men and this little kid this little kid is like, hey, I'll go do it, and you can't even get, like, the men to do it, you know, like, the grown men, and Saul's like, no, <laughs> are you kidding me? No, like, that's, that is not a good idea. We should definitely not do that, and um, we read in scripture that no matter what Saul said, David would not back down, and he told Saul this, the Lord has delivered me from the jaws of the lion and the paws of the bear. The Lord will deliver me from this Philistine, too. So I don't know if Saul was convinced or if he was sort of like, well, I really have no other choice because no one else is stepping up, so we might as well give this a shot. So Saul goes, all right, kid, let's do this. But let's be real. You have a steppered staff, staff, like a stick, and you have a slingshot. Like, he, like the, the bronze armor and the, the spear to the staff and the slingshot is like a BB gun to an AK-47 and a rocket launcher. Like, who, like, the what? Like, that doesn't even make sense. So David, so Saul's like, okay. David's like, okay, I'll, I'll give your armor a shot because Saul's like, I got to give you something. Like, at least give you some protection here. Like, let's give it a shot. And David puts on his armor, and um, I grew up with Veggie Tales. How many of you guys grew up with Veggie Tales? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I grew up watching um, Dave and the Giant Pickle, which was the VeggieTales version of this. So if you want to throw that picture up there, if, you know, there's, there's little Dave, the asparagus, and that's him in Saul's armor. I mean, like, he can't even wield the sword, right? I know that this is like a totally cartoon version, but like, seriously, he couldn't even, I just imagine that, like, him just not even being able to move properly. And David, David looks at him and says, you know what, like, I'm not going to do this because this is not how I've been prepared. I did not prepare to fight with armor. I've used my staff and I've used my slingshot. And so ultimately David takes off the armor and heads down 
to the, to the valley. And again, just a really important point to pull out, and we'll come back to it, is that I think it's important to see that God was not only doing something different in David, but he was doing something very different with David. What had worked for David, or for Saul, and all the armies passed and all the generals passed was not going to work for David. What had, what had won wars before was not going to work for what, what the Lord had for David. And so instead, he leaves the tent, he leaves the armor, he goes down to the stream, and he picks up five smooth stones, and he begins to approach this grand valley. Now, in hindsight, I probably should have gotten a picture of it, but there's this big, it was a huge valley that they were in, and so they, David starts walking and approaching this valley, and Goliath sees, like, oh, someone is coming down. So from a distance, Goliath can see and goes, ah, they finally found somebody. And he starts walking and walking, and David's walking. So, you know, they're kind of having this epic moment of, like, you know, we're walking towards each other. And as they get closer, Goliath begins to realize something. <laughs> I'm not getting ready to fight a man. They've sent me a boy. And he gets so mad. He's like, what are they thinking? How dare they send a child? Like how, what are they doing? And he says this to David, what am I to you, a dog, that you come at me with a stick? He cursed David's name by the name of his gods and continued, and then continued, come over here and I'll give you, I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. So I don't know about you, but uh, I would probably be kind of intimidated. You know, little, David's probably maybe my height, maybe a little bit shorter, maybe a little bit taller. And this guy is like twice his size. I mean, twice his size. And this guy's like, I'm going to tear you limb from limb, and I'm going to feed you to the animals. Like, I don't know about you. I would be really scared. I'd probably like, you know, start doing this thing. Like, maybe he won't notice I'm walking backwards, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, but instead, David says this. You come at me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the army that you defy. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you, and I will cut off your head, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. Everyone here will know that the Lord rescues his people, not with swords and spears. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. Now I read that, and I'm like, David was like, I see your death threat. I'm going to raise you utter destruction. Like, he didn't just, like, say no, watch me do something different. He flat out was like, no, you're not going to kill me. I'm going to kill you and your men. Like, did you notice, like, Goliath didn't go there? Goliath didn't even talk about the rest of the army. Goliath was like, I'm just going to kill you. And David's like, I'm going to kill you and the rest of your army. Like, I think that's just crazy. And I just think it's so cool because not only does David have the boldness to stand up, but we get to read the rest of the story. And as they move closer, you know, they keep walking towards one another. Um, David doesn't just walk. He actually picks up his pace. The scripture, some versions say that he ran towards him, and as he ran, he picked up a stone from his, from his pouch and slung, you know, slung the, the stone, and it landed smack dab in the center of the giant's skull, and Goliath crashed to the ground. And I love this story, 
because we get to see God use a very ordinary boy to do something incredibly miraculous. There is no way that David should have beat Goliath. I mean, you just look at the, like, statistically, you know, we like, I like numbers. I'm a numbers person. If you look at the, you know, Goliath's strength, height, the armor towards David, I mean, the stats are just completely in Goliath's favor. But God, but God came into the picture. And there may be some of you wondering, this is a really great story. We all love the underdog story. We all love to see the the little guy beat the big guy. Like, that's super cool. But what does it have to do with our lives today? And I think this is where it gets super cool because we, at this point in time, some of you are at 15 years old. Some of you are a little bit older, a little bit younger. But you guys are in this perfect spot where God is wanting to use you guys. It's not about God using me or Josh or any of our leaders, but God wants to use you guys. And just as I sort of pointed out during our story, there are two things that I really want us to take home from tonight. And one of them is that God is doing something different in you than what he's done in any generation before us. He is working in your lives in ways that we have yet to even see on the earth today and in the church. And it's because he wants to do something different with you guys than what we've ever seen before. What has worked for our parents, our grandparents, and even, even my, my, genera- my, my age is not going to work anymore. The world is craving something that we don't have, but it's in you guys. And God is working in you guys to develop the very thing that our hurting world absolutely needs. Whether you come from a religious family or not, whether you believe the whole Jesus thing or not, God wants to take you and do something entirely different or entirely more than where you've been before, than where your families have been, from what you've experienced. God wants to use you. It doesn't matter what your parents are or aren't, what they haven't done for you or what they have. God wants to use you in mighty and miraculous ways. You guys are the Davids in this story, but today. You guys are being called out into something far greater and far bigger and far more amazing than anything that I can even begin to describe. And it makes me so excited to be a part of this because it's, it, this is God's story, and he's calling you into it. And so as the story wraps up and we end this, Goliath falls to the ground And sure enough, David goes over, chops his head off, and it's a bit gory. And he does, the Israelite army cheers, and they take off. And and it's true, it's documented that there were square miles of carnage that the the Philistines were just obliterated by the Israelite army. And so, where do we move from here? I know it's really cool to hear, like, this is a great story, and God wants to use us. Like, that's super cool. But where do you begin? Because that can seem really overwhelming. Like, okay, well, if God wants to use me, like, where do I go from here? And so I just want to give us a few steps as I wrap this up. Um, Worship team, if you want to, you guys can get ready. Um, But it, it begins with this. The story, this story is different because it hinges on one thing, is David never said that he was going to win the battle. He said the Lord was going to win the battle. 
we have to understand that God, that our relationship with Jesus, is the hinge on what makes these stories so miraculous. He's the one who's pulling through in mighty ways. David, David really honestly did nothing but trust in God. He took a stone and he made a nine foot nine inch giant crumble to the ground and defeated an entire army that had the best weaponry known in that time. He defeated them with a stone. Like that's, that, that's nothing short of God enacting his miraculous power because someone decided that they were gonna trust in him, that they were gonna see him, that it was, they realized it's God, it's God's battle. I'm just his vessel and if I trust in him, he's gonna use me in that battle. He's gonna use me miraculous ways. It all starts with Jesus. We have to have an imp- we have to have a relationship with Jesus. We have to know him. We have to spend time with him. And we have to be at a spot where we can really trust that God has our best. And he does. I know it can sound cliche because I'm the one with the mic up front. And of course, I'm going to say you got to trust in God. But I can tell you from personal experience that there are times in life where it's the trust in God that will get you through. Because he won't let you down. Because he's the one who sustains it's important that we keep our relationship personal with him. This isn't about like I show up on church, you know, at church and, you know, we sing some songs and we dance. Like those are, that's all great. Those are fantastic things. But there's more. This is not where this relationship ends. It's not about showing up on a Wednesday night. It's about having a relationship the other six days of the week where he's actually sustaining you through the stuff that we have to live through. Guys, there's some really big giants facing us. It can be depression, anxiety, fear, um, uncertainty. It doesn't, doesn't matter. And I can tell you that if your relationship exists here, it's really hard to stay sustained out the other six days of the week. Or mostly seven, because what, if you're here for a couple of hours? You're living almost seven days of the week outside of here. Your relationship with Jesus that is rooted in a personal one, not just I show up and like do the right thing because I have to, but a relationship where you know the Father's heart for you, where you know that he is for you, that he's there to, to support you and encourage you and hold you up through these trials. That's when he can actually sustain you. That's when he can actually pull you through the trials. And finally, we have to keep our focus on him. It's not just that we have crazy big monsters in our world, but there's a storm and it can be distracting And there are times where it can feel like there's so much going on and it's so chaotic and you can't even focus on on school or what's in front of you. But if we can keep our eyes on Jesus, he will sustain you and he will keep you grounded. When all the world feels like it's crazy and chaotic around, he will be your strong point and he will keep you grounded. It only takes one person to do this, and, and I know there's a lot of different stories in here tonight. You can, t- you can say, you know what, Macy, that sounds really great and all, but you don't know what I've lived through. You don't know the choices that I make consistently. You don't know what my parents have done to me or what they do to me continually. Like, I don't think you understand. And I can tell you tonight that because of Jesus and the cross and what he did for us, that you don't have to make the same choices they did. You don't have to make the same lifestyle choices that they live through. You don't have to have the same life they did. It only takes one person to decide, you know what, I'm done. 
I'm going to do something different because I'd, I want something different than what they do. It only takes one. And so tonight, if you haven't started a relationship with Jesus, I want to just offer it to you. If, if you want to do that, it's not, there's nothing ceremonial to it. There's nothing special. It's just a simple prayer. Um, and myself or any of my leaders um, would be very happy to, to walk through that with you. Um, but also, if you're in a spot where, you know, you, you know the Lord or you've decided this is your thing, but you, you really feel like, I just, I just feel like I'm drowning. I just feel like I can't do this anymore. Um, I want to pray for you guys tonight because I know that it's hard, and I know that this life can really bring you down in the struggles that we face. Um, it can be very daunting. Um, and so before we go back into worship, I just want to close this out in prayer. Um, so, dear Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for today, Father God. I thank you for these moments. God, I thank you that not a single person that's in this room is here by mistake. Father God, you ordain things. You are, you are sovereign, Father God, and you have put every single person in this place for a reason, Father God. You know the stories that are here, God. You know um, the hurts. God, you know where each one of us are at, and I pray that you would just uh, meet us where we're at, Father God. I, speak, I just pray that you would touch our hearts, Father God, I pray for those who feel like they're drowning. Father God, they feel overwhelmed by the world. They feel overwhelmed by where their life is at. God, I pray that your peace would just come in this place, Father God. We are so just open, and we just invite your spirit in, God, to come and meet us. Come and, come and let us experience you for ourselves, God. God, we just love you and we praise you in your name. Amen.